0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Who Cares About the Rock Hall, a podcast about the rock and roll Hall of Fame. I'm your host, Joe Quazala. I know entirely too much about the Hall of Fame. It is my burden, but it is also the premise of the show with me as always via Zoom, back to Zoom for wow. some of these special episodes is the skeptic, the voice of the people, Kristen Stuttered. Hey, Kristen.
1: Hello, I, uh, yeah, we're back on Zoom. I think I'm going to maybe be retapping into my, my duties as skeptic. I maybe have gotten, a, gotten a little too far down the rabbit hole.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I think people are starting to acknowledge that, uh, what six years in, you're, you're kind of an expert at this point, just through. Uh, osmosis just through yep. being uh, a person who has to listen to me all the time. Now you qualify as someone who knows a lot about this stuff. So but this is these episodes that we're getting into. It's kind of the bread and butter, it's what we started with. It's the artist episodes. The ballot is out for the twenty twenty four nominees for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and we're jumping right into it. Uh and our guest today is returning to the show. Uh, but we haven't talked to him in over four years.
1: Oh my God, uh, piano, wow. Right yeah. last time
0: was was in person, but uh, you know, he's a music personality, TV host, DJ, VJ, one time host of MTV's 120 Minutes. Uh, if you have a TV show about music that features talking heads, you know he's going to be featured on it. Matt Pinfield, welcome back to the show.
2: Joe Kristen, can you hear me? It was uh, so great to see you, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be back with you guys. I mean, a lot's happened in my life, you know, since uh, those four years. I mean, I'm coming up on four years clean and sober. You know, I've congratulations, been, you know, that. which is cool. And uh, you know, it's been a crazy ride but i you know i was really excited when you called and asked me to do this because i love jane's addiction and uh i'm really excited that they're on the ballot again this mm-hmm. year and i'm hoping that uh, the people that are in the voting committee to get these ballots understand how important the band is
0: you know? absolutely but before we get to that i want to i want to kind of pick up a little bit from mm-hmm. where we left off because last time we talked to you you were talking about how you were planning to go to the induction ceremony in 2020. I think you had just learned that there was a 120 minutes plaque with your name on it at the TV exhibit at the museum in Cleveland and obviously in 2020 2020,
1: great time to travel. Awesome. Changed.
0: Uh, A lot of people's (laughs) plans changed. Uh, There wasn't even a ceremony that year. And so I'm curious uh, if you ever made it to the museum and, and got to see that.
2: No, I still have not gone. Oh wow! Um, you know, and it's funny because I, you know, thought they had taken it down, but then somebody had seen it again uh, recently, and uh, you know, it was such a number one surprise to be uh, to see that in there, and I was so excited about it because I think one hundred twenty minutes is such an important show, um, and you know, meant so much to music discovery. But to have my name on it as well was just a total uh, shock and honor. (laughs) So it was very cool. Um, And somebody sent me a picture of it again recently. It was this big vinyl sign. It was like it looked like it's made of rubber. Or something, because it's like, it's almost like 3D, like the letters pop out of it mm-hmm. when you mm-hmm. uh, take a look at it. And uh, so, you know, it's something that I still have to do. I just, with the pandemic and everything else that's happened uh, in that period of time, I have not gotten to go back there, but. Uh,
0: well, we've got I, a ceremony uh, in Cleveland coming up. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, may- <laughs> maybe if everything aligns and we've got a class that you end up liking, maybe maybe that'll be the the opportunity to check it out.
2: Yeah, I've got to get over there and do it. Plus, I love going through the rock hall because I, you know, I love the fact that they there's parts in there where they don't really, you know, candy coat or, you know, glorify the, the history of radio and payola mm. and then all the stuff. With it. Even though Alan Freed is so important to the history of rock and roll and so great. You know, you have got letters in there, you know, he, Dick Clark, all these guys were taken money. for Yeah, it was dirty. Yeah, it was yeah. a dirty business, for sure. Yeah. I mean, Dick Clark, like, he had, uh, you know, I was told that because the head of ABC really loved him, he kind of got He got passed over. And, you know, but what happened was Alan Freed, because he had a TV show in New York and uh, black uh, men were dancing with white girls. I mean, people were so up in arms about, uh, you know, mixed races on television in that period of time, like the early 1960s. And they were freaking out. So they really wanted to, you know, take a shot at him. So he took the major fall. He did. He absolutely Uh, did.
0: And Dick Clark, uh, you know, got got to keep, (laughs) uh, you know, smiling and and doing his thing (laughs) on. tv for years to come Uh, yes you know that's just how how the cards fell uh But what, one other thing was the, you know, the ceremony, the induction ceremony uh, in 2022 was back in L.A. for the first time in a while. Uh, did you participate in any of of that?
2: Yeah. If you watch the uh, show back, you can see they go to me and my girlfriend in the audience uh, when, uh, you know, Judas Priest are getting inducted by Al Cooper. They're like, let's find yes. a rock guy in the <laughs> audience. Yeah, where is he? Where is he? <laughs> like, where is he? So, um, you know, there's a picture of us there, which was really cool. Oh, great. Yeah. So, yeah
0: I imagine you had a good time. That
2: was a great ceremony. Oh, yeah. A great time, you know. Yeah. I, I I love going to those. I mean, anything that celebrates uh, good music and history of music. I thought there were some really cool performances that night. I loved. I I got to admit it. I loved when uh, Rob Halford got up with Judas uh, with uh, Dolly Parton. Yeah. It, uh, that's a, that's got, one of
1: those only at the Rock Hall moments.
2: Yes, Absolutely. you know it was really cool. So you know, and I love the Uruk mix and some of the other people. Of course, Duran Duran who got in that night. Actually, man, I love those uh, those uh, the first two albums. So it's like, um, yeah, it was. I really enjoyed it. I gotta say that's you know? great. That's, that's great. But let's
0: uh, let's yeah, we we sadly we live in LA, but we had to miss that one. We were both away, uh, and it, that's just kind kind of how it went. Uh, but let's uh, let's focus. The conversation on this year's ballot and nominees, Uh, as we've discussed before, you get a ballot. Uh, Matt Pinfield is a voter. Wow. So. Okay.
1: So I'm out two to one voters on this episode. Joe I, is I also am, a as voter of, now. As of
0: last year, I am a voter as well. So, but I w- I want to talk about you know you're going to be making a choice. Also, we have we have a, a, some news to break. I don't know if this is going to be a, a huge surprise, but for people who have looked at the fan vote this year, they'll notice that you can select seven names now oh. versus five and that uh
1: that bodes well for that, like, means for that... It being a larger class well also yeah. so
0: the the regular um ballot for the actual voters is also going to be up to seven names
1: oh really yes yeah. all right okay so that's going to change things how things go too for our calls when we start doing our voter outreach
0: yeah, so it, it's interesting, and I'm, I'm curious how that will affect the, the final class. But there's up to seven names uh, now. Looking at this ballot, if, if you're comfortable sharing, uh, who, what names are you are you circling around at this point, Matt?
2: Well, certainly, I mean, you know, I have relationships with a lot of these artists. I've worked mm-hmm. with them over the years. Um, you and know, I understand all- if you can't
0: fully you know divulge no, well, everything well,
2: but well here's what i'm gonna say i mean mm-hmm. there's i can tell you the history with a bunch of these different people well i'm gonna uh, immediately admit i'm not gonna vote for Mar- mariah carey but mm-hmm. i mean it's no disrespect to her at all i mean she's a talented woman but you know
1: i, 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 I think uh, she'll get in i'm i I, I, yeah. I mean she
0: has a strong shot i mean you know yeah, I mean, she's amazingly talented
2: time. you know mm-hmm. and i and i actually uh, you know i i really appreciate her talent and uh and what she's done and but i'm just letting you know i mean i'm looking at I've got all these artists that I've done stuff with in the past. Like I'm just going down this list here. First of all, I think Cher's going to get in because I, Agreed. Never, you know. And by the way, she listen. She deserves her. Her and Sonny and Cher, Her and Sunny did a lot of great songs. And then you know she recorded like Bang Bang, the song My Baby Shot Me Down, all these cool things. Uh, Joe, you and I were talking on the phone, how on the last Aussie album, there's a song and I was like, what's that melody? What's that melody? And it was gypsies, tramps and thieves. It was like the verse mm-hmm. of that. And I love those songs. So, um, you know, um, uh, Dave Matthews, I've done so much you know, work with over the years. I launched the albums crash and the third one behind these crowded streets. You know, I have a long friendship with him. I'm a huge fan of Eric B and in man. I, I love paid him full that album. I know you got soul, right? Uh, Farner I think deserved to be in I mean I'm looking at Farner and oh. you know it's about time for some arena rock uh, bands who sang you know FM rock anthems. Lou Graham is an incredible was an incredible rock singer mm-hmm. you know I saw them live open for the stones when I was really young 1978 when they were doing their double vision tour and I think for Farner fans their first four albums uh, were obviously full of hits but there were some great rock songs on those albums. I love those records. Peter Frampton, I feel like, deserves to be in there. And I'll tell you something really interesting because of my age, because I'm, you know, you know 62. So my thing is that um, I was, when Frampton got really big, it drove, like, FM radio, that was the only place you could go for music. And, you know, I was like, I bought the album Frampton Comes Alive, but I just never wanted to hear it again for a long time. It was one of those sure. records that banged so hard. And as I got older, I, I grew a new appreciation for that record and I did a great interview with him once uh, and he told me this story that David Bowie said to him, David Bowie said you know, because it was like he had this skyrocket career that he didn't expect, you know, that record was so big and Bowie, you know, who brought him back out on the road, you know, he had gone like kind of into hiding for a while uh, mm-hmm. just needed a break and Bowie brought him out on the Serious Moonlight tour uh, to play guitar because Bowie, you know, had his father as a teacher so it's like this whole crazy <laughs> thing that's wow. right. They I grew mean,
0: up together and were, were schoolmates and right.
2: Yes. And Bill Wyman is the first one who got Peter Frampton laid. Peter told me this great story too, about how, uh, you know, like Peter Frampton's mom yelled at Bill Wyman, uh, because Peter came home uh, with a case of the crabs, um, oh, oh, and swing in London. Um, uh, it's a great story. Listen, it's not like I'm outing this. We did this on the radio together. Right. It was
0: public <laughs> I mean, information.
2: Yeah. It's public, but it was hilarious because, you know, um, he was 16. He was a, of course, he was a very, very good-looking guy, mm-hmm. and he was in the band called The Herd, who had a bunch of really good hits. Uh, that were, uh, you know, one was called From the Underworld, another one called I Don't Want Our Love to Die. Um, he was 16, fronting this band in England around the years of Swing in London, and he was, you know, friends with Bill Wyman. Bill Wyman took him out, uh, met some some young ladies, and then uh, he came home. His mother wondered why his uh, why his itching down there. Oh boy. And, uh, why is everyone
1: crawling around the room? Yeah, yeah so, right. so you know, it ended up that um, his mom uh,
2: you know, found out, she goes, oh, she, goes, I'm going to call William up. He goes, mom, you can't call, he's a Rolling Stone, you can't do that. That's not how like, it works. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, so uh, Bill, uh, Peter Frampton. Well, are you
1: leaning toward voting for Peter Frampton?
2: I'm thinking about it. I mm-hmm. don't know. You know, mix. like, um, I've i got like, listen, I have seven votes. So, I mean, I'm going to tell you, you know, I'm voting for Jen, Jane's addiction. Yes, you know, we know I'm that already. Voting for, you know, I'm voting for Oasis because I love Oasis. And, you know, I'm voting for Ozzy Osbourne because i always work with him. He deserves to be in there. But um, there's so many, there are a lot of good people on this list. Mm-hmm. I wanted to tell you that because, you know, Jane's we're going to talk about. But right. cool. They're a really important band, too. And they came from Jersey, where I'm from. Mm-hmm. They're from North Jersey. And they were a killer funk band. Their early records, like Hollywood Swinging, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, Jungle Boogie. Uh, Liz, I mean, you know, they started out as, as a funk band, and then they had that singer, James James T. Taylor, uh, J.T. Taylor, and had a lot of hits. Um, but, um, you know. And I have a, I have a little other, something
0: I'll share with you. It's celeb. <laughs> it's a, uh, I did a quick, it's less than 10 minutes. It's just the condensed case for Cool and the Gang and I'll, I'll send it to you if you need a little yeah. pushing. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's a convincing little yeah. argument. I
2: love Cool and the Gang, man. I'm like, I really do. Yeah, you know, I mean, I remember... they're amazing. And
0: then, you know, <laughs> my little like kind of cherry on top is that their influence on hip
2: hop is kind of sneaky, but if you look at it, it's like pretty massive. Yeah, it really is, you know? And, um, you know, one of those songs that like when I was like into punk and, you know, metal and, and just like alternative music, post-punk when I was young and Too Hot came out it was a ballad. Mm. I loved it. And I like the That's 45. Great. And it's such a great song. But you know, it was like one of those things I'm like singing, singing this like kind of ballady song it grew, in my room. Right? It's yeah. like it, it's like Abba's SOS <laughs> when it came out. And I was in the singing in my teenage band. And I, you know, I'd be doing like you know, Bowie and band Company in my band. And, and then i you know, go home and have the 45 of Abba's SOS and be singing at the top of my lungs in my room, and making sure the windows were down. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. now it's okay. You know, you yes. love ABBA. But it was um, your secret
0: shame. But it's under so yeah, those songs can be undeniable when they're so catchy <laughs> and so fun, you know?
2: Yeah. I, I, I love calling the gang, you know, Lenny Kravitz, of course, you know, is great too. He's a big advocate for, for rock. And we've done so many things together and went to a Yankee game together years ago. And, um, you know but I, I, I launched you got, you got you got to
1: keep that as yeah. part of yeah. the criteria yeah. you know yeah. did
2: this artist go to a Yankee game
0: with
1: did you did go to that? a Yankee game with um? <laughs> I guess Sinead O'Connor doesn't have that going for her no she went bowling with us she what? was oh, all us, right no, I'm just saying a sporting event that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's part
2: of the, the list of uh, pre she was Sinead was so cool like she's got a cigarette in her hand in Asbury Leans in Asbury Park she's bowling and just rocking out with us oh, you know what she's one of the guys she was one of the guys one of the girls she was she was awesome and I was so brokenhearted, uh, when she passed. Cause man, I love those albums line the Cobra and I do not want what I haven't got. I think they're phenomenal albums. I love her. So So that broke my heart, uh, like so many things do. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, it's uh, You know, we lose people left and right, and it's, you know, my friend said to me, he goes, man, we're on a a back nine now, man, I don't know. And another friend said to me, he goes, you know, we have more goodbyes in front of us than hellos. I'm like, well, I'd like to Uh, think that I'm meeting new people all the time, so I want to, you know. Maybe that's not uh, entirely true, but yeah. Yeah. Understand you know, the sentiment. and Ozzy, of course, you know, I think deserves to be in because, you know, the records he made with Randy Rhodes and, um, you know, many of the other ones that he did over the years. I mean, he is a force in his own way. And I saw, guys, I saw a writer in a major publication. And it makes me wonder, are they just hiring people that don't? I mean, we're, there are so many great journalists out there that deserve work. And, you know. Mm-hmm. Especially right now, of, yeah. And, I'm, and it upsets me. So I saw a thing about the Rock Hall that was written, I guess, maybe during the Super Bowl. So I don't know if they were like bottom of the barrel scraping it. But um, Sean they said it was a band. And I'm like, what are you crazy? I'm like, I was. Yeah, Shada is a band. Shade is yeah. a band. Well, but it's really she's the front woman of the. She's band. the front woman, but her. you take a look at all yeah. those
0: records. It's the same four yeah. guys, you know. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, and, you know, that's arguable. Just because I'm wondering if they're talking about the whole band being in, or or just it, her.
0: they're including the whole band. I've seen the press release. Uh, it, it is, oh the whole, it is the whole band with the. Uh, oh well, the then, then, that's her. So
2: then
1: that's then that's. There's a
0: lesson for you, I guess.
1: I was <laughs> yeah, inside, I'm like, is this Joe's article? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, you no, know no, what no. I mean. But no, you know, people really people associate the name Shaday with the woman with the of with the front woman. But you know, it's not. I guess unlike. Alice Cooper where you know they inducted the band Alice Cooper but you should have yes and yeah. I think the same thing with Sade you know because those guys were songwriters and they're on every record and it was it's been like the same lineup since the mid 80s but yeah. yeah it's it is is Shadé the group that is being considered for induction and I think well that's, that's good. a good
2: thing because yeah. there've been so many times where they've kind of left out uh the people that have played with it's you true. Know, that, yeah why is Mick Ronson and Carlos Alomar and the people that played with Bowie who I love, you know, whether it's Spiders from Mars uh, or, you know, uh, many of the musicians he plays with, played with over the years because he's had so many great people. And I, maybe that list is very long. Mike Garson, who I'm going to be getting together with in a couple of hours, you know, played keyboards on 18 Bowie albums. So, um, yeah, well, you just gave me a lesson. I mean, I knew it was a band, but I thought I thought they were going to do. What they done with so many other people and just put her in right there? That's yeah, really, no,
0: it's going to be the band, and I think it's it's pretty inarguable because it's not like at one point she went solo and she made records by herself. She was always with those guys on everything. That's good. Cool.
2: Well, that's now. really good to learn. So thank you yeah. for like uh, schooling me on that. Yeah. You yeah. Know, and, I, and I'll always be the first to admit when I learn something new because I learn something new every day, and that's what I, you know, for me that's my life. Yeah.
0: And I know I know you it's it's going
2: to stay up there because you you, you got a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, Kristen, I mean, I got to tell you both. I I love her albums like Diamond Life and, Mm. you know, promise there's some great stuff. And, you know, I I told my um, daughter recently because, you know, on her, you know, on their first album, they covered Timmy Thomas, this soul song from like the early 1970s called Why Can't We Live Together on the same album with. Smooth Operator and Your Love is King. And there's uh, it's one of the greatest soul songs of all time for a million reasons. And then Drake used a sample of it for his Hotline Bling song. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a song that a guy, this guy Timmy Thomas, it's just him in an organ. And the drum beat is just what was on those old like sixties and seventies organs. So the whole thing is like, you know, it sounds like (laughs) something someone would try to create today, but that's because he didn't have the money to buy anything else. And it was just, that's how he wrote the song. And a song could get into the charts like that. And it's a soul song called why can't we live together? And, uh, You can go check it out on on Midnight Special now on YouTube channels. Um, He does the song in front of an audience in 73, and and there's a line that goes, no more more wars, no more wars, and the Vietnam War just ended. So it's like so great to watch that performance, but it's this beautiful. I'm really into a lot of 70s and 60s soul. I love that music. So when she, she, they covered that song, I thought it was so awesome on Diamond Life. Um, So, I mean, you know my musical taste. I'm all over the place. I love so many. Different things, I'm sure, and I know you both do as well. I and mean, I would cool. say it makes you it makes yeah. you a good raw call
0: voter. Makes you a good you know? rock so call You can voter. properly yeah. evaluate these names, well, which are not going to come from one like, lady.
1: And I'm just feeling out, kind of, you know, your seven right here. So I'm feeling obviously the yeses are Jane's Addiction. We've got a yes for Oasis. We've got a yes for Ozzy in the mix. We've got Cool in the gang. We got Lenny Kravitz. Sinead, I mean, there's Sinead Sinead so many. Is what I would like to, I'd like to, you know, Advocate see. For, I'd yeah. like to see some women. In, in your seven. They deserve
2: it. Yeah, they really do. Well, so. this is
1: a, you know, I was looking at this and I'm realizing just again, I when I was getting the ballot Revealed to me for the first time, I think I, I was just kind of taking it as it came and I really wasn't thinking necessarily about kind of what it means as a bigger picture. But yeah, you know, it I, just like the history of like women in rock bands as well. It's like we're always just kind of inducting solo women. It's, it's like why there are even less women in the hall every time, even if we have more on the ballot, which we don't have a ton this time. We only have. Five, it seems. Yeah. Uh, you know, like even then, it's only you know you're getting one woman in versus when you get when you induct you know Eight the Dave Matthews Band. Yeah. That's yeah. you know, and I
2: love Mary J. Blige by the way too. I think oh she's yeah, amazing. Well, now I that Chaka Khan
1: is in, there's room for Mary J. Blige to and, be inducted. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> yes, Chaka little bit, little
2: bit Khan by the way and Rufus mm-hmm. are one of the coolest bands of all What's, time. Absolutely, records. Shaka
1: Khan is coming back to the <laughs> Hollywood Bowl this year. as well. is she? chaka Khan sure. and Patty LaBelle are both coming this oh, summer. Both, it's going to be a big summer for me. Incredible. So I'm very happy.
2: You yeah. know, and just Nona Hendrix and, and Patty LaBelle helped out mm-hmm. so many cool musicians out of New York City. You know, like my friend Carmen Rojas, who's, you know, played bass on Let's Dance and all that stuff. And he, you know, those guys came up backing up like Nona Hendrix and working with Patty LaBelle. And I absolutely love that. And Rufus, like, I've been a fan from mm-hmm. ever since I, uh, you know, heard Tell Me Something Good on the radio. But, you know, even, uh, you know, all Chuckle Solo stuff too. Ain't Mm -hmm. nobody. There's all these great songs. So I, you know, I just love and embrace music. Tribe Called Quest I love. So you got to love a band use this sample of Walk on the Wild Side. You know what yeah, I mean? to, to great effect. Yeah. And, you know, and every time I drive and see a sign for El Segundo, I sing, I left my wall mm-hmm. in El Segundo. I can't it's help it. It's the rules. You know what I mean? yeah. Award yeah. tour. I mean, I love all you know, yeah, that. I mean, they, so- they, they,
0: they, the the, the <laughs> roster and the, you know, catalog is deep with just bangers for a Tribe, you know? Yeah. yeah,
2: it really is. So I actually like the list this year. I mean, there's always people that I feel get snubbed. I can't understand still why Soundgarden aren't in there I love them I think they're so important I'm shocked
1: they have not returned to the ballot. I'm like truly surprised I mean they're one of
2: my favorite bands of all time I did a lot of work with them as well and I just but I just love them uh, MC5 I understand it's a cool thing uh, for a lot of people but how influential when they get in for an
0: MC5 no they will my prediction is that they haven't
1: gotten in
0: as an or, as an influence or early influence induction this year in I Tokyo, hope so hopefully a Wayne Kramer tribute because the, the time I, it would, you know, it's sad he should have he should have been around to see that. But I I get the sense that there will be some urgency to that, and, and I hope they, so because they they don't do great on the ballot because they're not as mainstream or well known, which is too bad. But I'm hoping they just put them in as an influence because they were you know an incredible influence for for punk music and hard rock, and I yeah, I hope that's that's what we see.
2: We got to see it because you know Wayne and I were very close. I you know I uh, just got together with his wife and this son and and some friends a couple of days after he passed. And I was I was literally devastated, but I, I got, I have to tell you both because Wayne was very, um, you know, instrumental for years, you know, just trying to get me, you know, clean and sober, and so helpful, and we became such good friends, and then we did a lot of charity stuff together. You know, I co-hosted one of the Jail Guitar Doors, you know, gigs here in uh, LA,
0: which is I, an incredible uh, charity. <laughs> you know, it providing it's providing music uh, knowledge for people who are incarcerated. Yeah,
2: yeah, you know, he, uh, the Clash, wrote that song about him when he was uh, called Jail Guitar Doors and he and Billy Bragg you know uh, started putting it together and his wife Margaret and uh we actually did a concert in Sing Sing Prison. I mean, I was there as kind of the, you know, I was as the host, but Mm -hmm. it was so cool back in 2009. It was like, you know, Don was, Handsome Dick Manitoba from the Dictators, Jerry Cantrell, Perry Farrell, uh, Tom Morello. uh, There was a a lot of other people that went, and we went up on a bus, and uh, Wayne wanted to do a concert in Sing Sing Prison, and like Johnny Cash style, and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, do a meeting up there, a cover meeting, and it 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 was amazing. That's because he and I were both involved with the organization called Road Recovery, which is started by Jeff Buckley's tour manager and best friend. Um, and they did a lot of things, put instruments in young people that are suffering from different adversities, whether it's different forms of abuses, whether they're colors, like, you know, everything else in mental health. They've been doing this thing in New York City, this company, uh, this uh, organization called Road Recovery for a long time. And I was really involved in that, a lot of it. I rode back my bicycle 50 miles through the boroughs of New York City to raise money for oh, wow. my show back then. But Wayne, like is Wayne was honored. He was the first artist they honored. And they said, well, what do you want to do? And he's like, I want to do a concert in Sing Sing Prison. So it was amazing uh, that we got to do that. And There's a big concert tribute for him that had Iggy Pop that and little steven it was like it was unbelievable we had a great time and i hosted that so but but honestly the real truth is that i love the mc5 and wayne was so helpful to me over the years a no bullshit guy a lot of people don't know that he's a guy who also scored like talladega knights and
1: eastbound and down
2: and he did all these things. oh that's interesting you know, yeah that'll so. make it
1: the package maybe
2: uh, probably not but <laughs> No, it's not a fun, fun little piece of, <laughs> <laughs> of trivia
1: thank you yeah, yeah.
2: But, um, yeah, so hopefully, uh, you know, they'll do something for Wayne. It was amazing because I literally came back from Wayne's house, um, with his family and his just his dearest, closest friends, um, on that Sunday afternoon, the pouring rain here in Los Angeles. And then they did it. They made, they got him into the, in the Grammy in memory of segment, which, Mm. uh, they, you know, they got that done quickly, but, uh. Yeah, it's a heartbreaking thing. So I wish he had lived to see himself get in here where he belongs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's one uh, of those
1: things, too, where, I mean, the fact that I truly thought that they were in already because every year we go, this is the year that they'll just put them in a side category (laughs) because they've not had success getting in on the ballot. And, like, it's just the appetite for that on the ballot isn't there. But clearly there are enough people who know and feel that they are so important. Like, just put them in. And so In my mind, I've... I feel like they've already been put in, but
0: you, well, well, know, you that's,
2: know that's the
1: poison of this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and I
2: do love this show, by the way, guys. Oh, thank <laughs> you. That's that's I it was so that. so much fun. That I got to do this. I'm so glad to be back, and I'm yeah. glad my shells got in that year. It was great, yeah. you know. <laughs> so
0: um, we're coming yeah. up on a break in a in a in a few minutes, but I, before that, I want to start. We you know I want to start teasing that we're going to talk about Jane's addiction, and the, the question I want to ask you, Matt, is: Do you remember the first time you heard jane's addiction
2: yes i do um a triple x uh Album. i come into my friend's record store, my indie record store, and I'd, uh, you know, I said, "That looks so interesting. I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy this and take it home." The triple X album, and you know, and I heard Jane says and whores and pigs and zen and rock and roll on that record. And I'm this like, was e- the live album. Yeah, the live album, the okay. X live album. And I was, because you got to remember, at this point, I was just hearing about it from everybody because I was living in New Jersey, DJing in alternative clubs, a DJing on one of the first 13 uh, alternative radio stations, which I actually ended up becoming music director, program director, and running it, you know, eventually. But, th- but so uh, this
0: is all, so the Jane's Addiction stuff is all happening on the West Coast,
2: though. So, you know, you don't have <laughs> access to that, that you yeah. would, the, the bands on the East Coast. Right, exactly. But I, uh you know, I got that record, and then, you know, of course, you know, found out shortly after that, they were signed by Warner Brothers, and that, you know, it was, uh, Perry wanted to put that album out for, uh, you know, a major label record. And, uh, you know, it, but, I was so taken and fascinated by them because it was, to me, it was like, at the moment, it, it truly was like nothing else uh, that was going on. I mean, I was certainly into all the, all the other alternative stuff that was big at the time, like R.E.M. and Depeche and The Smiths and, you know, and a lot of other bands who, uh, you know, Depeche are finally in there, but, you know. And REM, of course, are in there. Smiths should be, but that's a whole other thing. It sure is. Um, as we know, just like you know, the Smiths. Uh, there's so so many bands from that era that I I truly believe should be in the Rock Hall. Mm-hmm. Joy Division, in New Order, yeah, Division, you know, no. oh, New Order. Um, you that's know, so influential. So um, but that you know, I remember listening to them, and uh, and then there was this situation where. I was on the radio station, but I was not, you know, the, at the time I was in the music director and program director, but they let me have some, it was a cool place because I had some, you know, we had freedoms. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't a computerized playlist, um, mm-hmm. but I would play some Jane stuff on there. And I remember when it came out, the Warner's album, Nothing Shocking came out, which is an album that I absolutely loved. And I thought it was a groundbreaking record. So, so important. So not like anything else at the time. It kicked the door down. But I got I met resistance from some of the people that I was working with going, that's not like really alternative music. It sounds like this. And I'm like, you're wrong. This music is amazing. Mm-hmm. This is incredible. This is something new is happening here. I mean, I could immediately feel it. Um, and I fell in love with them. I stuck by my guns and, uh, and supported that record in a big way because things were different in alternative music at that time. And even some of the artists that were, you know, there were so many great ones, but a lot, uh, you know, that were influenced by, you know, the Beatles and the birds. And there was a mm-hmm. lot of 12 James Rickenbackers and things that were going on at that time. And, uh, I think when people saw Jane's who were really into that, some people embraced it immediately and others were resistant to it. But I was certainly a champion of of the band from the very beginning.
0: All right. Well, that's a a good little taste. And we're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we're really going to get into Jane's Addiction. Just a little
1: taste to get you addicted. Addicted. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. All right.
0: Uh, So we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere.
3: Welcome back to the show,
0: everybody. We hope you had a nice little break. We hope over your break, yeah. Uh,
1: you acknowledge um uh, something that you learned. Great, yeah,
0: perfect. Um, so I want to get do like a quick little like bio, uh, l- everything leading up to Jane's Addiction kind of forming as a band, you know, and you know, Perry Farrell was a uh, born Peretz Bernstein, uh, Jewish kid from Queens. lived in Miami as a teenager, uh, but got on a bus from California to California. To devote his life to surfing. Uh, oh. that was initially the dream. Uh, but he did he had a band called Psycom, P-S-I-Com. Uh that was part of the kind of LA underground scene in the eighties. When that group dissolved, he still wanted to keep things going. Uh, in nineteen eighty-five, he met a bassist named Eric Avery, who was an LA native. Uh, and in those nascent stages, they didn't really have a permanent guitar player. Um, and they they had a guy named Matt Chakin on drums and it was Perry's girlfriend at the time who suggested that they name the band Jane's Heroin Experience referring to mm. uh, Perry's housemate Jane but they wisely cleaned it up to Jane's Addiction a little less severe uh of of a concept for a name uh and that guy Matt on drums wasn't really showing up But Eric's sister Rebecca suggested her boyfriend, Stephen Perkins, uh, and that Stephen and Eric had both gone to school with a guy named dave navarro who was brought on as a guitar player and that was it in the band and they were hot on the la club scene like as you said signed with warner brothers in 1986 and you know the career of jane's addiction was born
2: yeah it's amazing how that all came together and they're i mean all four of them are so unique for me uh when you hear the stories about those guys kind of rehearsing in that space that was down there towards you know like venice or santa monica where they were and they, you know when they first started working on things like mountain song being one of the you know first songs they worked on It's some of of the songs that came out of it. But I what I want to say about the band is they're an incredible sum of their parts. Everybody in that band is, in my opinion, incredibly talented, unique and individual in their own way. You mentioned Stephen Perkins. I mean, he's one of the greatest, to me, one of the greatest drummers. I mean, he's just an incredible powerhouse. His spirit is a big part of what, you know, the band too, and always has been. I love his playing so much. Um, you know, Eric Avery, let's talk about him. Those bass lines that drive these songs as the basis for the bottom and the groove of these songs are absolutely incredible. I mean, so essential to the sound of James Addiction, which is why I'm so happy that he's back in the band now because, Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's come full circle and Eric is an incredible talent, you know, um, and a songwriter. And then, you know, Dave Navarro is a great guitarist. Besides a guy who had such an incredible unique uh, look, I mean, he's really, he brought that full-on Zeppelin out of just ripping guitar style and I and I love. I think he's an incredible guitar player, and he fills out that sound, which you know really just Perry's voice sits so well in all of it. You know, and Perry Farrell to me is one of you know the greatest artists of our time because he truly is an artist. That's the thing. I mean, uh, everything that he does, even from the beginning, was never about money. It was it was always about the art. Uh, he wanted to take things in different ways different directions. You know, I love... So for me, it was just... It was an un- incredible live experience too because you were bombarded by those guys and their sound and they were ready to do, you know, anything. I mean, you go to their shows and it had that really... That kind of punk ethos where it was like anything can happen. You know, because mm-hmm. I saw a bunch of their early shows when they finally started touring and playing uh, New York City. And, uh, and But I love them. I think as a unit, they're absolutely incredible. Uh Those records, you know, I got to say, Nothing Shocking and Ritual de Lo which is on the wall back here, uh, uh, because uh, you know I was such a big supporter. Uh, you know they, they were nice enough to send me a plaque, whatever you know. And there's a Pyros one oh, too, so cool, yeah. right behind there as well. Because yeah. I love you know I love that band too, and they were on 120 minutes with me. And, uh, but I love I love Jane so much. Uh, I love those songs and. And, you know, really, in my opinion, you know, they had really been the band that kind of kicked down the door for the next explosion of punk and alternative music because, you know, it changed gears. And I think, you know, your, you know, bands like Nirvana and many other bands that came after them, even uh, Tom Morello would say Rage Against a Machine, you know, uh, would credit Jane's Addiction as being one of, you know, really so instrumental in, uh, in, in making changes because uh, mm-hmm. things are yeah. really different till then.
1: Well, you know, it, we've. Been talking kind of in off mic conversations. This is again like I've gone down the rabbit hole fully about kind of on the ballot. There's not that many weirdos this year. Like we don't have the kind of like new wave is pretty missing from this ballot, which it was like very prevalent in the past two years. And something though that I would say like um Jean's Addiction and Perry Farrell in particular. You know they kind of like they are they're what we're getting as far as weirdos this year. Like they are giving us that kind kind of like feeling of counterculture that is maybe missing in some of the other nominees this year. And I remember being a kid, I mean I I was you know, I remember their videos being on MTV is what I remember. And I remember being like, oh, these guys are like weird and crazy and interesting and I remember like Lollapalooza and all that stuff, but like, you know, I I feel like they are that's like this ballot's kind of like there are our wildest, you know, Mm -hmm. most kind of weird out there act on this ballot.
0: Yeah, you know, I was looking at the ballot and thinking, like, everybody is either, like, kind of serious or cool. And while I do think uh, Jane's Addiction is very cool, you know, they're also, like, tatted up, pierced up. uh, And as we were saying, this kind of alt rock. What we think of alt rock as we look back, you know, it's funny, alternative music as we were describing it, like the Smiths and Depeche Mode, you know, we almost don't even think of that as... Alternative now, we almost think of alternative now as Just what
1: starting in the early nineties, happening in
0: the early nineties, yeah. and, and I I think Jane's you know were instrumental
2: in kicking that off. Mm-hmm. I I agree with you a hundred percent with that. I mean, and look, I love. To me, Kristen, what you just said is so true. We need we need the weirdos. We need the artists, the people that are different. You know the reason we love Devo and so many other people over here. So the list is long, but um, you know, I that's why I was always so drawn to alternative music because I was an outsider and you know a weirdo. I was a geek. I mean, music geek who loved music so much, but I always found it interesting. I was always looking for artists. They were challenging, um, mm-hmm. but also really great and wrote great songs. And, uh, even, you know, there's so many bands, like even when they're starting out, they're still kind of learning their craft, but still writing really cool songs. And, uh, but I, I do. I love the weirdos, and I think it's it's so important.
1: Yeah, these are this is definitely the most like kind of out there band on yeah. the on the ballot this year for sure. So that mm-hmm. kind of like you know moves them up for me. And I know we'll we'll continue to get into this. We haven't done an artist episode in a while. I'd like do you have your uh, do you have your list? Joe? I have. Yeah, have I, your I do. Envelope? So okay. thank, thank you
0: for kind of <laughs> queuing that up. Uh, first though, I just want to give some hall context for Jane's mm-hmm. Addiction. They became they oh, yeah. el- became eligible for the hall as of 2013 because you know as we talked about their debut album was this self-titled uh live album on the indie label triple x uh which was recorded at the roxy Uh, that came out in 1987 uh and so that and that album was interestingly enough at the agreement with warner brothers they were signed to warner but they were like like we want to put out this live album with a cool indie label first as our first thing so that was when they became eligible as 2013 they were on the ballot once in 2017 so they've been off the ballot for 7 years uh but it's nice to see them return no involvement in ceremonies publicly although i did find some pictures of dave navarro at an induction ceremony just sitting in the audience and this was in 2006 when uh like blondie and leonard skinner and sex pistols were inducted and I mm-hmm. found a few pictures where he's posing with none other than Peter Frampton, which I thought was kind of funny. You, you know, what's
2: know? funny. I got to tell you this. So CBGB's, when it closed, uh, the people that were involved in it, for three years did a thing called CBGB's Festival. And one year, the awards did an award ceremony. Um, and I hosted that. And I gave Jane's Addiction an Icon Award and Devo. And Devo were funny. and But Dave Navarro goes to me, hey, <laughs> you should have this. And I'm like, but Dave, it's for you. And he goes, no, no, no. no. You take it. I want you to have it. It's on my daughter Maya in Florida's wall right now because <laughs> he, he goes, Is you gonna like it? I saw him when I saw recently. He came out for my birthday like about a couple years ago. He surprised me there and, and uh which was such a great thing because you know he was dealing with a long COVID. Thing, but he came out and um, surprised me that night. You know, uh, my friend Peter, who worked with him, uh, told him it was my birthday, and uh, he asked me, He goes, Hey, Matt, you still have that, that plaque? The come back, I'm like, Of course, I mean, I wouldn't let anything happen to it because I'm gonna give it back to you one day. I think you would you have, have this, <laughs> but it's like a beautiful thing that CBGB's did, and um, and it was just a funny night when i like, I'm standing there, he goes, You should have this, and I'm like, I, So, but my daughter loves him. Um, I have two daughters, but one of my daughter down in Florida, uh, she uh, so it's on the wall but um i love I'm that to give long. it he goes you don't still having it. it's good
1: although but, i wonder you know does he then not care about awards i think they
2: do i think they will and i think this is
1: you think they would wild. show up yeah i, I mean this is I a do. huge
0: one yeah this is, um, i know yeah. <laughs> so now we're gonna we're gonna get into these kind of categories that i've devised it's a way to evaluate an artist and their likelihood. Yeah, of getting into the hall. And so, you know, the call doesn't really publish a list of criteria. And so it's kind of up to the voters to make up their own. And I guess, you know, I'm a voter now, but I did this long before I was. But this is these are the kind of the categories that I think you got to you got to look at to 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 really evaluate these artists. And, And the first category is iconic slash majorly recognizable songs. And what I want to do is I want to go in order kind of chronologically, just so we can kind of start to tell the story of the band as we're doing this. Uh, You know, after they had that live album, uh, then in 1988, they had their debut studio album, which we've referenced already. Nothing shocking Uh, And the debut single off that is I'd say likely in contention for their most recognizable, which is Jane says. Jane says.
2: It's one of the greatest songs of all time, in my opinion. I mean, it's certainly, when you first heard it, it had, a, it definitely leaned in that Led Zeppelin kind of over the hills, far away. It had a vibe, but man, the lyrics, uh, it, you know, his voice.
0: It's also so got a little bit of that, that, that Deidre maker, because it's got the steel drum in it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right, uh, which is
2: you know, do you know the story behind that? It's really called Jermaker. So for years, I called it Dyermaker, right? Mm, but I found out it was called Jermaker because it's like Jamaica It's like Jamaica. That was their right. To
0: it. Oh, See, I, I thought it was. dj Jermaker like the the Jamaican. But yeah, yeah, like Jermaker. it makes
1: sense, Jermaker. Okay, yeah. But it gets
0: spelled
2: like Dire Maker. Joke. Yeah, so yeah, I always said Dire Maker, it, right? you know? But, uh you know, but I, I oh, you were going to say something, Kristen? I'm sorry. I didn't
0: mean oh, was-
1: no, I just mean like I'm familiar with the spelling. That was all.
0: Right, yeah, yeah. with the apostrophes and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the steel drum on Jane says, so this song was actually on that live album. He
2: come back again.
0: Recorded it uh, in a studio for this. And I believe the steel drum is not on the live version, but it's in addition to the studio version. And it's, you know, it's yeah. one of the most recognizable parts and one of the su- one of the parts
2: that makes that song kind of magical. Yes, it does. And then they, you know, they put out that live version that was on Kenna Whistle, which later, we're yeah. To, we're playing it much later. love that song. And I think that song is just an iconic, incredible song. And, you know, not all the lyrics are true about Jane Banter, who's by the way, doing very well and an amazing, very, very incredible, nice woman. And, Good to know. Uh, you know, yeah, she's uh, but uh, his old roommate. But um, of course, the na-
0: the yeah. inspiration for the name of the band as well. Yeah, uh, you know they got a lot of mileage yeah. out of their muse, Jane. Yeah, uh, and apparently she did. Yeah, some some of some is true, some is not. Apparently she did have a lot of wigs and did na- date a guy named Sergio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I
2: don't think he. I don't think he beat her up. Either. I don't know.
0: And she, I, well, I don't...
1: Uh, uh, the Wikipedia page has maybe she did. I but don't really. thought – I haven't thought that about, thought a about it. She had a dealer boyfriend who who was an abusive dealer boyfriend who's name oh, – I don't remember because I haven't looked it up in a long time, but
2: I know Mm -hmm. one part of that she has said is not true. You know what I mean? Uh, I think, oh, she
0: said she does not, she did not, uh, have sex you know, for money. I think was yeah. The, she
2: sort of was. She was not. Yeah. She was not. She was not prostituting herself. Right. That's what she said. um, um But that song, and also
0: what's what's cool about that song is it's it's just two chords. It's really yeah. simple, <laughs> but it, it works. It works really well.
1: Well, and, and his the, voice, thing that, is
2: the lyrics, right? I'm sorry.
0: That's
1: what I was just gonna say. It's like that's what it is. It's the lyrics that really give the, that. Are, the song is a portrait. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like such a, um, it's just, it's like very, uh, it's like sets a mood of who this person is, you know, like from the beginning, the first line is like, you know, you picture someone like looking for their wig. It is just such a, um, you know, an evocative line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that song is fun. And then, yeah, of course, the steel drums are like, what are you going to do? That's, yeah, it's, it's giving it all. Um, and
0: then, then the, uh, the next single off of Nothing Shocking, uh, which I think I would put in the, in the top five of, of their most recognizable is mountain song. Coming
2: down the mountain. Yeah. I mean, it's such an incredible song. It's um, <laughs> when it starts with that bass riff from Eric Avery. <laughs> yeah. That's so, so I, I love it. I man. think it's, and it's still just when you see them live to this day, and That baseline starts, the crowd goes bananas. They go insane. I love that. Absolutely love that song. And I think it's a full Sonic assault, um, you know, Every part of it, you know, every time, you know, it's one of those things, you know, I'm, I hike at Griffith Park, you know, after I got hit by the car and I met a rod on my leg and couldn't walk for eight months. Um, when I was walking as a pedestrian, you know, the story mm-hmm. um, that I, I was nearly killed. Um, but anytime I'm coming down the mountain, it's, I'm doing it pretty, pretty hit it. regularly. And uh, The song is like always playing. Yeah. In my head. Uh So it it says a lot for a song that it's just, uh, it becomes, you know, a big part of of, of your your daily thing. And I think the song still holds up. It still gets hair play around the country. Yeah. I love that track.
0: It's a great one.
1: You know, I don't, I listened to it because we were, I was prepping for the show, but I don't know that song.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: I did not know it. I listened to it. I was like, I don't think I've ever heard this song, which would. Surprising to me, especially considering that people are saying it's still, but I'm also not listening to alternative radio. I think really that's anymore. it.
0: If like you're, cause I was an alt rock radio kid and still kind of, I was definitely
1: an alt rock radio kid. I mean, Q101 in Chicago is like the radio station that I listened to the most growing up, but I still, yeah, I like do not. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah.
0: Um, but I, I would say it's it's those two songs off of that album that you will still hear today and are the ones that are, are the most recognizable. Um, you know, during the recording of that album, Nothing Shocking, uh, things started to get contentious. Uh, there's stories of Perry wanting 50% of publishing royalties because he wrote the lyrics. And then on top of that, wanted a quarter of the remaining for writing the music which i all told he wanted 62.5 percent of the the royalties coming in and the rest would get 12.5 percent apiece it was uh, kind of a, a stunning uh statement to the rest of the guys it broke them up momentarily warner brothers had to have an emergency meeting to be like hey Let's figure this out. Uh, And, uh, you know, he, he that's what he got that that allegedly Perry got that 62.5%. But according to the other guys from the band, it was never quite the same. Uh, and it kind of started the tension that would uh, continue to exist through with the band at this point, especially between the founders, Perry and, and Eric. Uh, Yeah, it's I'm- weird. I,
2: don't, I didn't know any of that information. I will be honest with you. I mean, maybe, Uh, you know, I you know, I've just always loved them and. He never really talked about or thought about the business side of it because you know whenever I'm with those guys what are we talking about we're talking about music the music you know yeah I mean? of course and uh and I love them so much so I wasn't I didn't know any of that information or you know wasn't and it for me it wasn't um I, you know I don't know this is the first time I'm hearing about it that sounds funny I know but you know what I mean? I'm so into the music itself. Like sure. oh, that album. Like
1: well, Ocean they weren't pulling guided. you aside and being like, yeah. man, I got to talk to you about my right. share. And band. I think the reason
0: it came up and was public was when people were trying to figure out you know, why they, why they broke up and even why they momentarily broke up at the time, you know, that, that was what the the other band members said. And, you know, it's funny, nothing shocking, but I think, I think Perry Farrell saying I want 62.5% of publishing was maybe a little shocking,
1: it shocking. a little shocking to those guys. <laughs> oh. Um,
0: but you know, that, that album, it didn't, it's not like it was a huge success at the time, you know, it, I think it, it sold around 200,000 in the first year, which is, you know, decent, but it's like kind of on par for, uh, a a rock group that's kind of on the bubble. Uh, but you know, despite those tensions that they had, they then recorded their follow-up Ritual De Ho- Lo Habitual, uh which came out in 1990. Um and you know, uh, more fraught with I mean, I'm specifically thinking Dave Navarro was addicted to heroin at the time and does not remember recording any of it. Uh but still a, 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 another great album from them and the first single off that album was Stop. No!
2: Stop that
1: is a, that's a song I was like, no, this one I do. That's one I very much remember. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's just a that's an assault. That's like such a banger from Hard like
2: driving.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, yeah.
2: Oh, it's huh. such a great song. That's like it, and like I said, you know, um, when mm-hmm. you go back to the first album, I'll just say Had A Dad, Ocean's Eyes. There's so many great songs on, on that record. But yeah, they came back with a great uh third album. Mm-hmm. Uh second studio studio. Album. Yeah. And um man, stop was just like and it still is it still gets that reaction and and you know it's undeniable in my opinion i, I love the song and it still has that kind of artistic you know starting out with you know uh, you know the speaking in the beginning of the song and it's the just spanish, you know, and, yeah. And it, yeah the spanish and, it, and you know it is a unique you know unorthodox structure and that's what's really great about it as well so yeah it's an incredible song and it did really well right
0: yeah you know it went to number one on the alt airplay charts which as we said the alt airplay charts weren't really what they would become but J- what james was doing was starting to establish the type of music that this chart would traffic in for for years to come uh, i'll also say stop in retrospect seems like, you know, it's like a song that feels like it was built for Guitar Hero. Like when I first yeah. played Guitar Hero, I was yes. like, oh, this is the kind of stuff that, uh, yeah, it, it just like, it fit perfectly. Cause it has that, you know, hard driving kind of fast, strange, uh, structure. So it's like, you know, giving your, your fingers a workout. Um, and I, I that, you know, there was a time in college where I was listening to stop a lot. Cause I was trying to nail it on expert. So.
2: <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. great. You know, and, uh, and then of course the second single, right?
0: I and mean, and that, that's in contention yeah. for most recognizable, which is been caught stealing.
1: That to me is that's the video that I really remember when they're uh, wearing the dresses in the grocery store, putting the pineapples in the mm-hmm. pregnant belly. Like, I mean, I remember that video so well and also i mean it's just like such a different time you know just with regard to kind of our thoughts and feelings on just like gender and stuff we were just like oh my god these rock guys are dressed like he's dressed like a woman in a grocery store and he's got like kind of and i mean it was like certainly not like he was doing drag or anything there was it was like definitely like a uh you know uh and uh, the a makeup gag? was not it was a gag exactly yeah. the makeup was um a gag in the not the good way anymore i was oh, not yeah
0: right right not in that part um,
1: but it like it was a goof you know but i just rem- i mean that that was like you know somehow like so it was so edgy in its mm-hmm. way at that time and i mean
0: also i mean you know it's a goof but also uh, of bands that would wear makeup you know, you think mm-hmm. about Dave Navarro and, and Perry Farrell, mm-hmm. those were guys who weren't afraid to put on a little little shadow on the eyes and
2: Yeah. yeah. Well I love that about them. I mean they were always challenging uh, yeah. their audience and and you know, just like pushing, the, they're pushing the boundaries. And yeah, they, I mean, if you look at some of the incredible early pictures, makeup was a big part of totally. stuff that was going on in that period. But yeah, the song is so great, based around that baseline, Eric Avery, again, of course. And just like this story about how the dog was in the studio, and you're like, yeah, leave me a vocal book letting them bark in the beginning of the song. Like, yeah. I, was, I mean, like, that's, that's the
0: best cool. That's the best use of, of dog barking in rock, I'll say it.
2: Yeah, I agree. 100% better than the singing dog's jingle bells. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that, but a novelty record yes yes
0: yes, i know what you're uh, talking about yeah this got old after about
2: three seconds Mm -hmm. yeah
0: um but this was another this was another one that went to number one on the alt airplay charts and this is uh you know if not their most recognizable song it's really that versus jane says i think there are people who would argue this is maybe their best song you know this and jane says are one and two on spotify uh jane says has number one but yeah this is one of you know if you had to pick a song if I had to pick a song to be like what is Jane's addiction I would probably pick this one just cuz it I feel like it's, it, it encapsulates the spirit of the band and it's like quirky but it rocks and it, you can all, it feels like all the players have a moment where you get to hear what they do when they contribute to the band uh it's yeah it's just it's a great one
2: It really is I mean the song it, it holds up I mean it's certain it's wild because When you hear it, you think about that time, but it also, people still love it. And again, it's super danceable. It has a great groove (laughs) to it, but it rocks at the same time and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, but it was, and the video was fun, and they were certainly just, again, any, I, I mean, you got to consider them. I mean, they are artists. Perry is certainly a, an artist first before anything else, and I, that's the thing that I love. But all of them are so important to this band. Every member, I mm-hmm. love that. I love that uh, original lineup, and I'm really happy that, you know, they'll play. And, I mean, listen, I mean, every, other people that have played along with them, you know, over the years, too, have done a great job. But, um, you know, it's, uh, those it's those two records are, you know, just seminal. When yeah, it comes to alternative music and rock too, and also being a big, creating a big seismic shift, I think. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, you will hear Tom Morello, Dave Grohl, um, so many other people talk about how you know Jane's Addiction really kicked the door down. And um, I should tell you guys, you know, there's the, the of documentary It's coming out in April, right? Um, mm-hmm. Paramount Plus. I was just up there with Perry and and uh, the
1: now are you involved producers. in that at all, oh, come <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in of course, it. Of uh, course, of course. I'm happy to have about you
1: know, that era, it's going to be you. And that's great. <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: which is great. And, it, you know, I really was enjoyed having the opportunity to be a part of that. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and again, when you watch it, I've only seen the first two episodes. There's three. It's a docu-series that's coming out on Paramount Plus, uh, I think in April or spring. Uh, but the first two episodes are amazing. And, you know, Trent Reznor is another guy who's in there talking about Lollapalooza and James. Um, so, I mean, it's uh, and of course Morello. You you ne- you know, mm-hmm. you never expect him not to be uh, because he loves the band so much. So there's, um, you know, I think you'll really love the doc. It's very very straightforward, very honest. It captures some incredible moments of Perry reflecting, um, and I think it was very moving in that way. So I th- I think when you will see it, you guys will really really appreciate it because the Lollapalooza was all part of our lives, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. It was, I mean, totally, and
0: continues to be.
2: And I want, you know, you you bring up
0: Lollapalooza, and that can kind of, you know, because we have these albums we just talked about, but the story of the band isn't over. You know, they toured for... Uh, like over a year promoting uh, Ritual de Hello habitual, which they said is what kind of pushed them to the brink. And part of the tour was headlining this new festival that that Perry and some others created called Lollapalooza. The idea was it was going to be a farewell for them, but it, I, it would also showcase other bands. And the first night, uh, Perry and Dave bump into each other on stage and get into a a, a big fight. Uh, which you you might think it would then be over, but you know they soldiered on. You know, two dozen or other shows on the tour but it was always just contentious and at that point dave and eric are sober but perry and steven are still going pretty hard and it just it gets to a point where then you know the sober guys quit and the band was done in 1991 right when this type of music just is starting to, started started to, down down. to be
1: cresting just as the yeah, wave
2: really exactly and they were you know they were certainly the, you know and i've said this before you know the band who really opened the door for for that change um and but, but Lollapalooza, it's a amazing how that became what it was and the true story is uh, all in that paramount plus doc and Mm -hmm. and there's it's not candy coated at all that's good you get that you get everything it's pretty amazing but it was uh you know the first time in years that somebody said hey let's do a lot of different artists, and let's bring a lot of different people together. And it then became such a big cultural phenomenon, too, because, you know, they were just doing so many things. There was, like, alternative lifestyles and, you know, human rights and just a bunch of other things that, you know. And, uh, you know, it was all – nobody was really doing that in a festival at that period of time, at least not one that was traveling traveling. Mm-hmm. It had great bands on it, but um, we can we can continue if you want. Right. uh, Well, I mean, you know, you
0: had mentioned you have a Porno for Pyro's uh, album framed behind you. And so, you know, Perry and Stephen formed that band out of the ashes of Jane's Addiction. Uh, And, you know, their biggest hit at that time was a song called Pets. Uh, which you you'll maybe hear from time to time off of their kind of self-titled first album, '93. Uh, and then, meanwhile, Dave Navarro it links up with the Red Hot Chili Peppers for one hot minute, and I mean that literally and figuratively because hey.
2: <laughs> that album
0: was called "One Hot Minute." Uh, and you know the song from that album that I mean, the Chili Peppers were on top of the world at that time, but "Airplane" is probably the biggest song on that album.
2: my friends right so so yeah yeah. oh yeah my friends as well yeah Yeah, I I think Dave's phenomenal. Um, you know, I think they just need the opportunity to have John Frusciante who really, you know, to come back. You know, he'd gone through many different things over the years, his battle with addiction. So, um, you know, and of course now he's back. So it's like, That's the story of the pepper. And James are back. Yeah. James are back with the four original
0: um but you know uh flea wow. and dave played with porno for pyros on a on a special song called hard charger which was on the say it with me private parts soundtrack uh, in yeah. 1997 <laughs> And that kind of led to a brief reunion, uh, which was dubbed the Jane's Addiction Relapse Tour. Uh, And Flea took the place of Eric, who was not interested. Uh, And that's when they released that live album called Kettle Whistle, which, you know, the alt-rock radio stations were playing that live version of uh, Jane Says that was off of that. And then, you know, it wasn't like that restarted the band for a long time. They went on their separate ways for a while But it wasn't until 2001. You got Dave and Steven. They're both on Perry's solo record. Uh, Then they decide to tour again. This one's called the Jubilee Tour. Uh, Eric, still keeping his distance, not involved. Uh, And that leads to a reunion album called Strays that was released in 2003. And, you know, it was when bands reunite, sometimes it's a little too late. But I feel like they were able to eke out another big radio song, which was just because...
2: Because became uh, you know big radio song and of course you know Entourage right you know um... superhero right yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) you know so superhero from that album uh, being the intro uh, for Entourage was uh, you know so they were back in 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 a big way in culture uh, with that and. it was really nice to see that when they came back together. It's funny you mentioned private parts because I was actually sitting and ran into Dave Navarro at the uh, premiere for that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Howard Stern came down the street in a pope mobile, pope mobile, <laughs> like down Forty whatever street next to Madison Square Garden, because uh, uh, and it was just uh, really it was it was quite the moment. But it, but Dave was there for that, so mm-hmm. there's all these moments, you know, over the years. Yeah,
0: you know, and I'm glad they got to they were able to enjoy a, a second act, so to so to speak, because you know just because actually charted on the hot 100 the first time that that happened for the band you know it was number 72 but still uh and uh, yeah the you maybe superhero is their most played song just from the fact that it's at the top of every entourage episode you know there's it, it's it's funny but uh i want to also note something fun it's a, a ballot connection which was around this time uh dave played guitar on the mariah carey cover of Def leopards bringing on
2: the Heartbreak." This is a great song, by the way. I mean, a great um, song. A but
1: this cover is a I bit. I love not Yeah, I'm not in here.
2: This into cover that. is
1: difficult. <laughs> I will Guys, say,
2: I, okay, I can only listen to the original, even though there's two Def Leppard versions. There's a remix mm-hmm. from that uh, era of High and Dry, Uh and it's not that much different. It's just a sound yeah. mix. But I love, I love that song. So bring on the heartbreak. I don't want to hear anybody else do it. <laughs> well,
1: really, you know, even if Dave Navarro is involved. I yeah. love Mariah Carey very much. Yeah. I don't think like she can do no wrong though. Yeah. And this uh be, this, when this, the this song was, yeah. I was playing the like kind of, you know, prepping playlist or whatever. And Ross might, it's, fiance my fiance a normal word that you just say um uh was uh like what is this and i was like oh this is mariah carey's gummer of bringing on the heartbreak and he was like i need you to turn this off (laughs) (laughs) he was like i i do i i I will Mm -hmm. i will deal with much but i i really can't um but so. there's some
0: there's some fun uh, photos. There's the, some the real. Video. I
1: mean, he's also just doing it up uh, big style. He takes his moment in that song too. I know why you were like, "Hey, also check take, this just, out." Just
0: check it out. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to, you know, and especially because she's on the ballot
2: with them. Yeah, and, so, and by yeah. the way, I, I don't. When I said I wasn't voting for her, it, didn't mean I disliked her. But there's something oh, yeah. on there that I like that I like more. I mean, you know what I mean? And I worked at a record label. I mean, I worked at Columbia Records. Uh, well, uh, and sports she
1: sports never, team. you know, played the rock and jock baseball game with you or or (laughs) went to the to the badminton your your you guys haven't played sports local badminton club in jersey or something
2: If she didn't, uh, yeah. I are we to to play a badminton uh, game with you guys. I mean, that'd be fun. Okay, hey, I mean. I'll come over to it. your backyard, Joe. The Pull out the shuttlecock. We'll get yeah, it going. Yeah, we'll get it
1: Who cares about the Rock Hall Celebrity Badminton Tournament hosted in Joe's yard? Yes, it's going to happen. Yeah. I, I, don't I, I like
0: it Count it. Um, but you know, after after Strays, the the Jane's addiction didn't last uh, too long as that iteration. But they'd sporadically reunite, occasion occasionally, finally. With Eric Avery uh, getting the original lineup back to do some live shows, and there were tours and festivals. Uh, you know, Avery left again in 2010, and then for a time, Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses was the basis, and then Dave Dave Siddick from TV on the Radio was the basis <laughs> for an for an out al- for an album for 2011's The Great Escape artist. So you know, they were like, uh, you know, in Eric was in and out, and you know, apparently Taylor Hawkins tried to get the original lineup back together, and it was it was his attempt. You know, along with his, sadly, his subsequent death that got Eric Avery back in the mix around 2022. But as as we've alluded to before, what's really sad is Dave Navarro uh, has suffered from long COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. And I believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, as of now, he's still not participating. Uh, no, I
2: mean, well, I mean, I, I don't think it's out of the question that, you know, uh, they'll do some recording together uh, and that there'll be some playing. But, you know, it's been breaking my heart, honestly, because I love Dave. I mean, mm-hmm. We've been friends for a very, very long time. And it's just been, you know... I hate seeing my friends go through any kind of suffering, you know, I mean, I, sure. I'm an empath. I feel people, you know, I, that I care about so much and I just love my friends. And, uh, so that's been rough, you know? Um, and you know, all I can do is I just keep hoping that, uh, that he starts feeling better and has the energy to, to get out because he's so great. He's so good at what he does. And, you know, I just, uh, I want to see them. Uh, but I don't think it's out of the question. That maybe uh, that uh, there'll be some recording that they're doing together. Um, and, uh, but, I mean, I'm just uh, – again, I think we're all – all the Janes fans, like myself, are really, really, you know, are, are praying and hoping that he's going to start feeling better and be able to get out with the guys again because, you know, with that – and listen – all those guys that play with him, like the great Duff McKagan, who I absolutely love, mm-hmm. and he's also a friend. You know, and you mentioned everyone. Take me on the radio. See, it just shows you that also the spread of how many people they've influenced and appreciated and respect the band, too, right? Yeah, I mean, so- uh,
0: Troy Troy Van Leeuwen from Queens of the Stone Age was uh, with them for a tour, and now it's Josh Klinghoffer picking up the gig after Frusciante came back to Red Hot Chili Peppers, and then yeah. he's now in... And can I just
2: say, he's another great guitar. I love Josh Klinghoffer now for man what an incredible talent he is so and I he's mean, an
0: he's an inductee. They they were nice to include, even though he was a little bit later in the in the Chili Peppers lineup. They included him when they were inducted in 2012, which was uh, I think a nice gesture.
2: I think it was the greatest thing they could possibly do uh, because uh, you know he's a big part of those songs as well, and he definitely rocks those tracks a lot. I mean, he's great live when he performs uh, with James. Um, and uh, you know, and, hey, there's no reason why James is a sonic assault that maybe even if. <laughs> Dave comes back. He and Josh can both play guitar. Oh wow! It Will be yeah. wonderful because I mean I love them both. But yeah, I mean they're just I don't know. It's uh, and I'm you know and as you mentioned all the people that have come in and out of James, it just shows the amount of, of respect people have for the band or you know all these musicians who also are fans. You know what I mean? So, totally, totally.
0: Um, and, let's go to the next category, which is uh, albums that are considered. All time classics, you know, so we talked about in their heyday, there's the live album debut. And then there's those first two albums that has a lot of the stuff that people know. You know, Jane Says in Mountain Song are on Nothing Shocking, Been Caught Stealing and Stop or on Ritual. Uh, and then they had those two comeback albums, Strays in 2003 and The Great Escape Artist in 2011. And what I will pose to you guys, the question is, do you think any of Jane's Addiction's albums are on Any iteration of Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums list.
2: Well, I think they both should be, but is nothing shocking
1: on them? The one that I could name would be nothing shocking. But when I think of the songs that I am the most like, you know, that I think are the most notable. Like I think of, you know, Cot stealing, yeah. stealing. Yeah. you know, so ritual, ritual day, low habitual, mm-hmm. uh, yes. is the one that I would think, but, uh, but for me, like the, the classic album name is nothing shocking. So I, it's, it's odd that, 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 so I wonder, first of all, I will say, I think if there are any, there's only one. Okay. Yes. And I think if it is 1 it's going to be nothing shocking cuz they like to put the first album from an, from a band on Something that seems to be a Rolling Stone way. That's mm-hmm. my feeling.
0: Yeah. Again, and from we done we've done in this. a while,
1: but that's like that's what it's, it's coming back to me. And so I would say it's if if either it's nothing shocking, and I think it probably was on the older ones, like back before they kind of included mm-hmm. more there's a 2020 list
0: and R and There's an '03 list. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it's probably on the earlier list. I don't think it made it when when we did when they did the great reckoning Mm -hmm. um and i think that it was probably in the early 400s i'm gonna say 411 nothing shocking okay thousand (laughs) three top 500 For,
0: for for the sake of making a random guess do you want to make one matt
2: yep well you know it's amazing because what kristen just said is exactly what i i was like god she's spot on man i was like that's probably the situation um and I would say it's probably I I I just for just for the sake of uh, saying something different let's say nothing shocking at 375
1: Nice all right guys <laughs> just, you know
2: So you're correct
0: that the kind of newer list there's no Jane's addiction albums but nothing shocking okay. is on the original list
1: not shocking
0: at, which is not shocking cuz it was predicted uh it is at 309
1: <gasps> Ooh! Oh. all right so matt closer <laughs> and <Yeah. gasps> ritual ritual de love habitual is also on it
0: yes and it's <gasps> yeah that's it's, what i love it's at
1: Four hundred and fifty three. All right.
2: Yeah. Okay. So can I just say I prefer the two thousand three list? <laughs> I, I, mean, so. yeah, that, yeah. I mean house. it. Yeah, seems more I mean it
0: seems
1: like that's a more that is a very that's a very two thousand three list versus the twenty twenty list is a very twenty twenty list. Like it's yes. when... like some real you can feel what was in the air.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now th- this will this will uh, dovetail nicely into the next category, which is critical acclaim. Now their placement on that list gives you a sense that uh, from a critical standpoint they are beloved, and Love I'll it. just I'll just pick some quotes that I I found that I thought were some were contemporary. You know there was a guy named. Phil Wilding, who hailed them as the second coming, which I was, you know, high praise.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: Um, And then in a retrospective review, Ian Cohen at Pitchfork called nothing shocking, poignant, almost quixotic uh, work of Hollywood imagination. Uh, And I, I bring those quotes out just to be that, like, at the time, the critics kind of went nuts for Jane's Addiction. You know, they felt like it, it was like one of the many moments in the history of music where it was like, rocks back baby like here here are some guys who are yeah. just rocking and it's good interesting music and it's not boneheaded rock it's like you know a little little challenging and, a little and literate for the and,
1: critics you might say yeah
0: and and now looking back still the critics are you know they look at, at jane's addiction with uh you know fondness yeah totally. and, and
2: and rightfully so and they should you know i mean i think uh those records really hold up and uh and again i mean i just really hope they get in this year i think they deserve of Two, uh, we need one for the artists, the weirdos. We definitely need one in there, um, without a question. And so cool. there's, uh, you know, but there's really, I mean, I there's a lot of really talented and great people on the list this year. Um, and a lot I of competition.
0: Like, a lot of competition.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's harder for me than usual. Like where I'm, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 you know, of course, you know, I'm still would love to see. Soundgarden get in. I, I mean, Alison Chains has never even been nominated and there's, you know, there's so many other people. I want the Smiths to get in. Joy Division, like yes, I mentioned those earlier. You know, we have and there, and I hundreds can of
0: episodes deep. that uh, yeah. you know, are dedicated and, to I mean, this very
2: issue. Uh, yeah, there are so many people that I feel deserve to be in there at some point and um, I hope do uh, get to be in there and, you know, I'm, I'm really interested to see who wins this year but I do feel uh, that I'm guessing Sharon Oasis will definitely, who uh, <laughs> doesn't seem I chair. mean, and, yeah. Uh, Nolan they, Liam
0: we, Liam has made know. made some comments already. Uh, some of them um, kind of indecipherable, uh, calling all yeah, hall Bumbleklarts and uh, saying he didn't want to be in with some geriatric with a cowboy hat. I don't know. It was like, damn. He he said he didn't want that person making the decisions. It, anyway. We, we we will sho- talk about hey, this another time. You know time.
1: What? That's also nothing shocking. Nothing shocking. There. Yeah.
2: Um, you know, the truth is, it was interesting. Somebody was telling me that Bill Burr recently on an interview said he went on a deep dive, you know, rabbit hole. On YouTube, watching Nolan Liam interviews, and he said, "You know what? These guys can be stand-up comedians funnier than a lot of other people. They are. That's funny. what they decided to do. Yeah, they um, are. They have got good timing.
1: Have we done an Oasis episode?
2: Years, yeah, years
1: we ago. We did one years ago. So we up. won't
0: be doing one uh, okay. again. We don't have the time. But yeah, uh, let's let's run through these these the rest of these categories. The next one is uh, commercial success, which I, I would rank it like pretty decent, not breaking records by any means. Yeah, but
1: I they, think this they... might be one of their like some. Somewhat weaker category. Well, you know, but when you look at
0: it, they have the certifications. Ritual went platinum in about a year, eventually went two times platinum. Nothing shocking. Didn't do great at first, but, you know, the band got successful enough that that album went platinum too, you know, and, and, their, and Strays went gold and so did the live album Kettle Whistle. So, you know, it's not like they're one of these bands that never sold anything. They did well. It's yeah. just you compare it versus Mariah Carey or Cher or some of these artists who were like broke records, but they yeah. they did well and, you know, they have a few platinum certifications. And so well, think- and
1: also this was back when people were still buying mm-hmm. records, you know, totally. so totally. there's like, you know, that's somewhat accurate information. I and so like record store culture, like you were talking about, Matt, you know, it's like record store culture was also still alive at that point where people were getting, you know, their They were getting recommendations from their record store employees. Yeah, yeah,
2: Yeah. big time. I mean, you know, there's still great record stores out there that are bricks and mortar. But yeah, at that point, you mean you had 120 minutes, you know, and for metal like Headbangers Ball and UMTV raps, you know, for TV there was no internet, you know, in those days and. Mm-hmm. You, you went to your record store and even for a while after that, because I loved going and still do love going. I to like
1: to, to watch a really stores. cool late night show on MTV to get my recommendations for what was going to be.
2: <laughs> yeah, curation <upcoming>. and yeah. its yeah. <laughs> curation, was, curation was super important and I think yeah, it's totally. still great, but, but I, as a kid it was the same thing, you know, all even through, you know, talking to people at record stores then send, tell me what they liked and giving something a chance back in those days. And then of course since I did college radio and I you know, I did all, one of the first 13 alternative radio stations in the country that was commercial um it was still that with that same devotion and the thing that you wanted to do you know which was turn people on the music mm-hmm. as as people as some record company guys said about me when i was a music director we liked you because you were looking for reasons to play bands not not to play them <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's good so that you know so i was very grateful for that but yeah. um yeah let's so we were talking about longevity so yes feel like-
0: so the longevity, actually, I would say, you know, Kristen, you said maybe the commercial success is a weak category for them. I actually think it's the longevity and the timing that well, – Like you of... just
1: said 30 times that they have come back together. Well, that's, it.
0: A, that's the thing. So <laughs> but what I mean, though, is that, you know, you get those two albums out before they implode, which, you know, you got an album in 88 and then 90, and then the next year they're done, which is like the timing is not great because then it's like that era when the alt-rock explosion happened, they're not around, and they do have a decent comeback mm-hmm. – and it's not entirely too late but it's not the peak of of when their type of music so i just feel like the timing is in is an issue and the fact that you know they imploded but they came back uh and they just weren't consistently around when they could have been dominating i think is complicated is how i would put it and you know it's like you have to know and you have to remember because they didn't like turn into a gigantic act at the, at the time when we were ready for them
1: well and yeah, that's great. i guess what i mean by like when i say commercial success i think i'm i'm combining that with the longevity because mm-hmm. when you are talking about bands from the alternative you like know pearl
0: jam and nirvana region. and like yeah
1: exactly uh the like, heights
0: that we saw those types of bands reach exactly yeah. they didn't mm-hmm.
1: reach that they were kind of on too too much on the vanguard like the forefront to uh and then then because they didn't kind of stick around and have you know Know continued hits and success, then then it it, it 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 makes them less of a juggernaut, less of an obvious, mm-hmm. you know. Get it. I
0: think that's right. I think that's right. Um, And then the next category is influence. And we've talked about this, you know, uh, you know, we're kind of retreading ground here. But, you know, in terms of alt rock, like the mainstream exposure of that genre in the 90s, and I'll quote Tom Morella saying that they were more influential than Nirvana and they redeemed hard rock and metal music, you know, kind of implying that, you know, hair metal in that era made made it made hard rock kind of embarrassing. But Jane's had the intellectual and poetic content uh, in addition to kicking ass. And like we said, guys like Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins and and Brent Reznor, and all these guys have cited them. They're a big part of kind of planting the flag and, and what alt rock would would become. Um, I agree. And, I,
2: wholeheartedly to that. With that, you know.
0: And then you know we've artistry slash skill. It, 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 we've talked about like they're all good players and good songwriters. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah you know harry's so good he wants that 62.5 percent. Uh, <laughs> but yeah no they're they're great musicians and you know as influential as they are like the music is it withstands the test of time and they were just they were good at what they did
1: yes yeah. well and that also goes in with that critical acclaim as well mm-hmm. that's like oh, yeah. why they were critically acclaimed was because of the you know you know skill and So that that all it all kind of like folds in on on itself for better and for worse. You know their their strong points are strong points in multiple categories, and then their weaknesses kind of like are shared. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I am. I you know I love them, and I again I'm really uh, uh, you know I'm really hoping that people are smart enough to vote them in this year because they deserve to be there. But uh, we will see. Yeah. Um, I love this next question. This is- yeah.
1: Go does ahead, does my
0: mom know who they are?
1: Preparing for this question, which was, does my mom, and I've just been texting with my mom, Joe, do you? Yeah. So I, te-
0: I, so I assumed that she did not. And I thought it was kind of the issue we were talking about before, which was they weren't one of the big bands when this genre kind of took over, but she told me that she did. And I think it's because she listens to uh Sirius XM and she listens to uh a channel called The Spectrum.
1: Oh, yeah. And
0: so she gets a spectrum okay. of artists and she says they get a good amount of play on there. It's was
1: like is it's, she listening to 90s yeah. on 9? Uh yeah. My, no, I, yeah,
0: that she said yes and I was surprised.
1: I knew my mom would know them because my mom is young. My mom is in her early 60s and she um and she was like very into music in the 90s like very much her and my stepdad were very into like I think they maybe Wanted to go to the early Lollapalooza's. Like, I mean, they're very, like, they were like into, you know, alternative music. So I was like, I, I just was prepping for this though. And I said, uh, do you know who Jane's Addiction is? And she said, of course. I said, I figured they're nominated this year. But then she said, Jane says is the only song I remember. But she also doesn't remember. My mom has a bad memory for, uh, for songs Run, like runs that. In the I'm, family, sure, I'm sure, I'm sure Bancod Steelin starts. She'd be like, <laughs> Oh yeah, I know that one. Of course, come on.
2: Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could definitely be, uh, Kristen, your dad, right? I mean, I've been around for a long time. So, guys, my 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 dad passed away, who always supported my love of music and was, uh, you know, such an amazing guy. I mean, even if he didn't necessarily understand all the stuff that I was into uh, musically, he was, you know, he just knew and supported me that way and my mom is 91 wow so my mom hey. but she like she like brings up the doors and talks about people are strange right uh-huh. but uh-huh. i know she doesn't know jane's addiction I was gonna say, so yeah. she doesn't um, have
1: the jane's addiction extra you know no, award I mean, trophy on her well wow. she's rocking at 91 man i'm mean,
2: Little Irish woman from Jersey. Uh, I love her. I check in with her every day, you know, because uh, mm-hmm, you know, course. you know, it's it's really important. But it's funny when she and my dad used to talk about Iggy Pop. So it's like, even though he was like older as well, yeah, Iggy they were down. they were with
0: it, yeah, you know? yeah, like I well, couldn't and like you know, and, Iggy and Pop and Bowie, is a Bowie, great. It's
1: a great analog, actually, for kind of peripheral and this kind of like where we're and now that you're saying that that actually is really that that is giving me a place to kind of put them in my mind as far as because I've been saying this is like we're at the Gen X part of the hall where like, this is their, this is like the Gen X version of like, no, this band is really important. They were very formative. Every other band is influenced by them, et cetera, et cetera. Even if maybe they're not as big of a name, right? And so, and thinking of like Iggy Pop, the Stooges and stuff like that, they are huge and in in their own right, but they weren't like the number, you know, they they weren't doing as big of numbers as like other bands of their time, but they were important, Mm. And all, just thinking about like just two ripped guys, like shirtless, <laughs> shirtless yeah. ripped guys, frontmen. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's coming together. The mm-hmm. The numbers are swirling around me. I'm like Iggy Pop, Perry Farrell. It's it's making sense. Yeah. Now. Well, Absolutely. you know, it's
0: it's time for a verdict. Should Jane's Addiction be in the hall? Will they get in and will it be this year? Kristen, start us off.
1: Well, you know, what? like I was saying, I, I think that um, this to me really it it just kind of smells like a lot of of uh things but it's this new generations this is the next generation of you know people who are getting their their favorites into the hall and so i think like should they yes they have um a really important impact like they were they are i was reminded of that listening to this episode um will they i think it's they're a bubble for sure. I mean, it's not by any means because they don't have that kind of, uh, you know, juggernaut um, hit or something or or whatnot. I think it's going to be you're going to need enough voters who have um, deeper knowledge. And I think they're going to do well with like the critics and stuff on the ballot. But I don't know that they're going to get in this year. I think they will get in eventually. Whether they have to get put in in the way that all of the, you know, formative bands. All the cool, all the cool bands. All the cool bands have to get put in directly. Yeah. It could it might be the case for them, but uh, I think they, they can and I think they will. I, do, I don't think it will be this year, but I would love it because that would mean the weirdo on the ballot got in.
0: Which we fight for, yes. Absolutely. Matt, you know, Matt I, what do
2: you think? Well, you know, I was also thinking about how Smashing Pumpkins were on the ballot or, or recently, and I love mm-hmm. them so much, too, you know, obviously. Um, and think they deserve to be in there. Um, you know, I I don't know how I feel about the voters. I want I want them. I would love to will them to be in it. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> so the, the rock gods are looking down and giving some some people some wisdom and knowledge. I feel like they deserve to be in there. I'm not sure because you know. I don't, I'm one of the voters and uh, obviously been part of it. And I've spoken at the Rock Hall and I've done a bunch of stuff, but I am, I'm not sure that people will get the band enough that are, uh, some of the people that are on the more mainstream side of things, um, especially with some of the other bigger names that are in there. Uh, so I'm on the fence, but I mean, of course I want them in there because they're so important to me and I hope people are smart enough. But I think Kristen has a really good point. I mean, I believe they will eventually get in there as will the Pumpkins, as will soundball mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, uh, but I would love to see it happen this year. Uh, It would get me extremely excited to go to Cleveland and finally see the sign. Yeah, right. Let's get you out there. Like a nod
1: in some ways to a sense of order that we haven't had in the past. Where the uh, only band that they're putting out in this category that is nominated this year is... Jane's Addiction. There isn't Soundgarden is not nominated. Smashing Pumpkins are not nominated. Like, they are trying to clear the lane to say, look, this is a very important formative band, and if we're trying to do it in order somewhat, let's get them in. We'll make it just a completely clear lane for them. Mm -hmm. And I gotta say, they have no competition. I mean, closest could be, like, maybe Oasis, Oasis just for, like, 90s nostalgia. But, like, you know, they are not the same bands. (laughs) Like, Yeah. No, very different. I think, you're right. I, think
0: I think what you're saying, you know, the fact that Pumpkins uh, didn't make the ballot this year, a Soundgarden didn't return. I think it. what they're saying is, you know, if we want to really dig into the 90s alt-rock bands, Jane's Addiction is at the beginning of that. And if we want a sense of order, if we want to do this somewhat right, we have to think of them before we get to these other ones. But, you know, the tricky thing is when there's a band that's influential, but they're not the huge blockbuster band. Mm-hmm. Then it usually takes a few tries on the ballot. That's just what we've seen in the past, and I think they should get in. Reasons being what we've been talking about. (laughs) You know, if you've made it this far in the episode, you know why they should. And I think, and I do think they will, but I don't think it's quite going to be this year. Just because I, like I'm saying, I know that these types of bands. It's not to say that they're obscure, but I think they just take a few times on the ballot, Mm -hmm. and then we get around to it. I would make the prediction that Smashing Pumpkins will probably get in before they do. I
1: think Soundgarden will get in before they do.
0: And I think the the pumpkins were just colossal, you know, and that's why. And that's what you see. And that's why we have the category about does my mom know? Because that's supposed to be, you know, illustrating the way the voters think. And it tends to be mainstream. It tends to be who are the big universally ubiquitous, uh, you know, known artists and mm. Jane's Addiction compared to some of these compared to like an Ozzy Osbourne or a Cher, which are, you know, they're at legend status in terms of everybody on the street knows them. I don't think it's out of the question, but if I had to bet, I would say it's not going to be this year for Jane's Addiction, but I hope that it's soon. And I would say maybe in, you know, if we're looking in maybe five years or something, I think th- yeah we'll we'll get to a point where you're going to see them on the ballot and people are going to want to. To vote for them and you know and maybe by then dave navarro is in tip-top shape and and we get a full uh, original lineup jane's addiction performance uh now but let's talk as though they are getting in this year who should give the speech to induct oh, and we've God, already talked about this part <laughs> we, we've already talked about you know trent Reznor, tom morello dave Grohl. I think all those guys are uh, well qualified and have spoken about them uh, with great love, uh, publicly, I also think someone like Flea, who was literally in the band, very very close to them, could give you know a mm-hmm. a moving personal speech about their importance.
2: My feeling is that uh, you know any of those people would be great, but I would love to see Flea do it. And the yeah. reason why, like you just said, Joe, if yeah, with Flea because he was in the band, I think he's an extremely intelligent guy. But I also you know I love Morello. Uh, I mean, I think they all could do it. Trent Reznor, of course. Um, uh, you know, I mean, Dave. I, I mean, they could all do it but um
1: well and flea's the flea such a charismatic be... charismatic speaker he's just so he's captivating yeah he's um, great captivating I like... everybody loves him
2: i like to see flea be the guy i mean just because that was you know and I'm glad you said something because I'll make it does happen. Well, you know, I'll make a suggestion to some of the people. So, yeah, let them, I'll know. let them know. I'll just uh that are yeah. you know involved in it in the uh, show. I'll say, hey guys, I thought about flea. Guys
1: thought know. about flea, huh?
2: Yeah, I'm sure you know. There's you know they, they always think of the go into the shows with those things in mind about who mm-hmm. would be a really great person to induct them. So, yeah. uh But I, you know, as a, 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 yeah, thank you for having me back on. I mean, a lot's okay. happened. Absolutely. four years, man. I know. i you. Truly. Uh, Truly. And I was so happy to see Nine Snails get in that year. Of course, you know, I was sad about Thin Lizzy not getting in, but I know that's like a long shot, you know, and mm-hmm. hopefully one day they will. It'll happen um, one day, yeah. Uh, now, but, oh, that, well, mm-hmm. the last the last thing here
0: is <laughs> if, if Jane's Addiction plays, you know, usually they play about three songs or they'll do some sort of medley. What three song, what's the perfect three song set for Jane's Addiction? And I'll say mine, which is I think... If you start off with that bass riff on Mountain Song, I think that like is the is a perfect opening because then you know, you're coming down the mountain and just, boom, you're in it. And then you go from that to Ben caught stealing, and then you end on Jane says, basically a single.
2: I, I agree a hundred percent. That's exactly I
0: do what same I would thing, say.
1: But I start with stop. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I start with stop. Yeah. Then I do uh, um, Ben caught stealing, end with Jane says. Yeah. Or flip them. Do Jane says at the beginning end with stop?
0: I, yeah, I, I think I think you got to end on Jane says. There's just something about that song that I think is the is the closer.
2: Like especially with the fade. I mean, but I was also thinking, Kristen, in, in you know, for a sake of argument, I was also thinking it's kind of a cool thing to start with those chords. And that's true. And, but I, you know, so I agree. But also, like he kind of has to really go off on the vocals at the yes. end. of Yes. Mm-hmm. So it seems like a really, that's a dramatic way to close. So that's why I think that'd be kind of cool.
1: Also, they never do what we want them to. We come up, we come up with a perfect set for everybody every time. And then we watch and we're just like, what the hell was that? Always, What's not
0: always, some- not always. Okay, yeah. who's
1: done a good job? They need
3: to
2: job? consult with you. They need to consult. They do.
1: They
0: need I mean, to do I mean, episode. When
2: we give they find consultations out their inch, they got to go back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Chris and Joe, they need to consult with you guys. You they do. Check it they, out.
0: They have our number. Available. Um, and I would say the, if they want, if also James wanted to, do, uh, kind of prove that they weren't just those two albums they could throw just because in there to give kind of a well-rounded, like, you know, we had songs later, but if I had to pick three, the, the ones I said were what I would do. Well, you know, Matt, I, I hope they get in because then I know you'll go to Cleveland. You can Cleveland. finally see that sign. We will uh, probably, yeah, be, yeah. There probably and, be there and it'll be a good time. Yeah,
2: I <laughs> uh, I you know I really love to go and I'd love to see them get in and uh you know I, I just uh, I pre- I really appreciate you guys having me back on you know, Absolutely. Thank you for coming uh, by. The and I want
0: to give you the opportunity to plug whatever you want. You're doing a podcast these days, uh, right? Oh, you know,
2: well, I've been doing, you know, I did a, a podcast that I've done on and off called Sounds of Brighty and Success. And it's about, you know, it's with artists and, you know, actors and regular people that are just been, you know, like it's it's all about uh, finding a new direction through recovery. Mm-hmm. You know, I've also done a show on Access TV called The Power Hour. You know, I'm on KLOS in Los Angeles doing like a new music show on Sunday nights. I'm syndicated with a classic rock show a history show that I did. It's on for 12 years around the country through uh, Westwood One Networks. It's on all over. Um, you know, so I keep busy. And um, there's a couple other things on the horizon that some I can't talk about. And I can tell you what's really cool is I'm leaving next week to go to the Coliseum in Rome to do DJ while Kaleo play, you know, the band from uh, Iceland. So I'm going to mm-hmm. be there with them and then do a Q&A thing with them. So, you know what? It was great. That I could be around forty years in radio, not counting my college years, right? Forty years professionally, and you know, still doing stuff on TV, uh, you know, whatever it is. Thirty some, thirty two years later, um, amazing. Yeah, yeah I'm you so grateful. You think to...
1: At the Coliseum, you're blowing my mind. You know, it's going to be so awesome. So if anybody's in Rome, <laughs> go to the Coliseum. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah, I'm just. I'm, you know, pinch myself every day. You guys know this. I mean, I'm, you know, as a sober guy, I, you know, I'm really not only grateful to be alive, but my music's a part of every day for me. You know, when I wake up, there's a song in my mind. I love music more than anything. It's never changed for me how important that is. Um, And I'm just so grateful to have the opportunities uh, to still be going. And you know, I love to, like, I love that you had me on because I love to talk about things that I care about. Music. It's the most. That's never going to change, you guys. You know, when they're, when they're about to bury me, I'll probably be, you know, and I don't want to tell you a funny You'll thing. You'll have a playlist for
1: your funeral. Yes, yes, I
2: probably will. And my girlfriend, when we first started seeing each other, and I stayed at her place in the Larchmont Village, uh, she, she was like, you're, you're talking at like, I'm falling asleep, and I'm, like, sound like I'm introducing a song. Like, I'm trying to keep from <laughs> dead air. And it's like, that had to be really weird for her. Oh, uh, boy. How she's, we live together, so she's used to it. But it's like, no, but it was, a, that was the funniest thing ever. I was like, really? No. I mean, I love to talk about music. And if you're if you're going to be around me, you got to love music as well. well you and better. Also, that's
1: what makes you such a great guest. It's Truly. like, no dead air, and you love to talk about the subject that we're talking about. You got so the that's knowledge. Like, yeah, amazing. we. we
2: and we and
0: also experience. the great radio
1: voice too. God, oh, yeah. man, thank you so much. You guys. got oh, it man. all, man. Uh, well, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I don't
2: say, but I, I, don't, I, am very blessed, and I love what I'm doing, man. I, I, I just, it's amazing. Uh, that there's a song for every second you know And there's an artist that can move you and there's always new cool music coming out and i'm always looking for new artists and bands uh to turn people on to just like i did when i was like a 10 year old kid actually i went into my kindergarten with a record and brought like to play at show and tell so that shows you how long yes. i've like you that? know,
0: <laughs> it's still, and it's still going as strong today Thank you again.
2: Thank you so
0: much. Uh, What a great episode. And of course, our listeners know they can follow us at RockallPod on Twitter and Instagram. RockallPod at gmail.com is the email. Uh, We have a Patreon. Uh I, oh. don't know, I don't know if it's fully up yet, but you know, keep your eyes you know, if you want to know more about that, go to the places I just said, uh, Twitter and Instagram, we will be posting once that's available. But, you know, keep your keep your eyes open. Uh and thank you to Mike Lloyd for the logo, you Kim for the music and Pantheon Podcast for hosting us. I'm Joe Kozala.
1: I'm Kristen Studdard.
0: And who cares?
1: About the rock hall.